fucking yeah, Dylan. Are you ready to swear a lot? Fuck shit ass. <laughs> I'm Dylan Gott. That's John Hastings. Fuck, fuck, fuck. We're going to be talking about Vince McMahon's 1993 part one. Just the wrestling stuff. Part two will be next week. That will be the crimes. I knew there were going to be crimes, but I didn't know there's so many fucking crimes, John. Certainly are, my friend. Uh, Vince McMahon's the real Vince McMahon of 1993. And I'll tell you, I'm sure sure Vince McMahon's thinking about 1993 going, man, that was a year I could have lived through. The courts were on my side and public opinion just let a white man skate. Not this year, my friend. Because as Dylan and I have discussed often on this very program, when the Me Too movement hits wrestling, it's going to be like napalm hitting tissue paper. And oh boy, it has begun. Thank God. Can I not wait till all the evil is out of wrestling? I tweeted this and I stand by it. When every match is just Colt Cabana versus Daniel Bryan. Oh. Cole Cabana or Matt Classic versus Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. Those are the two matches you can possibly have. Yeah. Uh, and our main event, the American Dragon versus Matt Classic with preliminary events, Cole Cabana versus Daniel Bryan. And then Brian Danielson versus Cole Cabana. When Kenny Omega gets caught for having sex with an underage girl, but he says, but I was dressed as a 14-year-old too. And then him and Jim Cornette can finally see eye to eye on something. I know. It's one of those things where, but for those of you who are listening to this later, this is recorded the week of the uh, allegations coming out against Matt Riddle and Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette for... And most of the British wrestling community, who knew it would start in the Brit Reds? Jim Cornette, we actually literally have said uh, jokes about this constantly. We constantly joked about people having him forcing women, men to have sex with his wife or they would be kicked off the card. And it's fucking true. I I hate it. I hate it. It's also one of those things where... Of course, you're not going to be like, you know what? I like it. Of course. He's a horrible man. I hate that we were right. I hate that we were like, well, let's just look at the tea leaves of this psycho's life. I think I know what it is. What do you think, Dylan? Confirmed. Confirmed. And forcibly out of control the jim Cornette story like that's yeah. what it is i only like wrestling and i don't like anyone else now someone please fuck my wife yeah. so i can yell kayfabe like it's and <laughs> if you know that it's all true based on how he responded it's one of the, it's literally going uh i'm gonna get my lawyer to tell you that facebook messages the icon doesn't change and then it's like literally if i read the twitter feed and it's just everyone going that's not how that works jim you shouldn't have done this jim bad idea jim whoopsie daisy jim unfollow jim like done 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 it's all especially like the guy comes out against sunny kiss a trans wrestler and then he his his rebuttal is so forcible and so in like so in your face and then this comes up and he says well there's a lot of issues inside here it's like no you you're the guy who screams people down and this one you're not screaming down clearly clearly there's some bad times on ridgemont high happening yeah. there and you know what it it, it almost because we are getting we are doing a bit more research just so we can get a conclusive episode on the crimes of vince mcmahon only in 1993 yeah yeah, yeah. so who knew how many crimes this man had committed? Like, I knew we'd be covering scandals. I didn't think it would be a new scandal every three or four uh, years. Like, three, every three or four years, it's like, 
Uh, Vince McMahon was the guy that taught the guys how to fly planes for 9-11. Yeah, yeah. Oh, anyway, he got off. Why? Uh, he just said Muhammad Hassan did it, and no one looked into who that was and discovered he was made yeah, up. Yeah, no one knows this, but in 1995, Vince McMahon just full-on killed a kid. Uh, how it had worked was... Uh, just a thrill kill. Yeah, yeah, he was just like, you want to see how powerful I am? And everyone's like, no, we do not, no, we do not, no, we do not. And then he just killed his third son. Yeah, that's right. There was a third McMahon kid, Reggie McMahon, that uh, existed the entire time. And then in 1995, Vince just killed him. And everyone associated with him just decided to never acknowledge there was a third Vince McMahon child. <laughs> yeah, he was actually filming vignettes for the Waylon Mercy character. <laughs> and they had to pass the guy over. Uh, because as Vince said, the guy wasn't built enough and that man's name was Jeffrey Dahmer. So it went to Bill Spivey instead. Yeah, uh, and Spivey. And Spivey, geez. Who's Bill Spivey? You know what I like about... As if that's the part where everyone picks... Actually, it's it's Dan I guarantee Spivey. <laughs> I just made a Jeffrey Dahmer joke. Yeah, but I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with you getting Dan Spivey. The man's name is Dan Spivey. Uh, he has a mother. Do her justice, Just please. to bring it back, though, this is the thing I'm going to say about the Me Too movement hitting uh, pro wrestling, is that when the articles start being written, as soon as... And by the way, they will feature Ric Flair, undoubtedly. So here's the thing. Hopefully this is the tip of the iceberg, because Marty Jannetty... <laughs> Marty Jannetty's just like, can I... Can I fuck my daughter? Yeah, Marty, That's opposed. Marty Jenny, see you, see you later, fucko. Jerry Lawler. Admissions of the, admissions, but this guy, like this guy, say what you will about Marty Jannetty, terrible man, but is open about crimes essentially, and has been like, yeah, me and Shawn Michaels used to drug women and have sex with them while they were asleep. He said that. So how's Shawn Michaels? How's old? How's old Droopy? I gonna get the fuck out of that one? Um, Kid eye patch. Time to fucking head back to Texas, boy. Yeah. So there's that one, um, and then all the ones we don't know. Yeah. About. Well, again, the classic. The the classic. I assumes are going to be featured. Marty Jannetty, Ric Flair, Jerry Lawler. Like, hello. And I. This is what I get. If they get Shawn Michaels, if they Shawn Michaels, I'd say the holy triumphant is Jerry Law is Jerry Lawler, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, because that's like. One, two, three. This that's literally the seventies, the eighties, and the nineties. You can't watch wrestling anymore. Yes. And with Chris Benoit, you can't watch the two thousands. And who's going to be in the twenty tens? No, but and everyone's going to be booing Roman Reigns, who's a great dad, yeah. who survived cancer survivor, great <laughs> father. I hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Drugs women. Cool, he's edgy. Like fuck. Like off. here's the thing that's the if this goes wide, we don't. Again, we don't know. We're simply speculating, and we're going to move on to the topic at hand in a moment. By the way, will we be doing a Patreon episode on the crimes of Jim Cornette? Of course, we will be. Um, with along with more guesses, or uh, or as Russell Todamas says, eventual facts. Yeah, exactly. Eventual perpetrators. Um, what was I going to say? If this does go, <laughs> were we not? Were we not just slandering people? Were we just predicting the future? I mean, as it turns out, we were not slandering people. We we basically yeah. what we did was we 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 paid for something with a bad check and just went. Let's hope this works out for old Dylan and John. And it looking like, <laughs> it's looking like we're not getting convicted of fraud. Um, may I say this? Go ahead. You may. If there's anyone in ear reach who knows the person that bought Mean Gene Oakland's house upon his passing, oh, Jesus. check the floorboards right now. 
Check the fucking floorboards. There's gonna be. Skulls. I mean, here's the issue though. If Mean Gene Oakland turns out to be the worst predator of all, we, you and I are gonna have to speak to the police because they're gonna be like, "How did you guys know? We just guessed. We're just, we're just two, <laughs> we're just two guys that were virgins a lot longer than you think we would have been. They yeah. really like wrestling, and guess what? We hang out with a lot of creeps because we did stand-up comedy in both England and Canada, which is basically like doing a PhD in dudes with dry skin. So guess what? We can spot a creep when we see him. Oh, yeah. You know that thing where in school they told you to don't judge a book by its cover? We do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know how to understand books based solely on the front cover. <laughs> if I see a... Sp- if you give me a good goddamn look at specifically a Caucasian man's face for four minutes, I'll tell you what crimes he's thought about and what crimes he's goddamn done. Most of them are just piracy, but some of them, oh no. I mean, I can guarantee you that I can look at a guy and tell you what conspiracy theories he's not going to tell you he's into, but that he is into. <laughs> that he hasn't even told his fucking goddamn, his fucking boyfriend or girlfriend about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say this, and then I move on. If this does go wide, can all wrestling fans within the sound of my voice not get really angry when journalists misspell wrestlers' names? Because I know people will. If they see Rick with a K, they're not going to comment on the horrible crimes of that monster. They're just going to be like, uh, it's, a C- it's C only for fuck's sake. <laughs> They'll be like, if, if, if the W, if the Matt, I want to say this, uh, wrapping up, but the Matt Riddle stuff does pull through and Matt Riddle... It is proven that Matt Riddle is a piece of shit. Um, I'm going to say this. You, the Vince McMahon will buy off every journalist he can to say former UFC fighter instead of former oh, WWE. 100%. Well, I had the same thought, which is De- Dana White is on his knees just going, ha, 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 ha. I live another day. And he doesn't understand that Vince McMahon will just t- turn to Linda and just go, sell Shane's kids. And then... Use that, <laughs> use that money to, s- to be like former UFC wrestler, like and like. But you know, it'll be Vince will do it badly. Really, he'll still be referred to as a UFC superstar. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get into it. 1993, just the wrestling part is gonna be a lot more fun than we probably should have on a shitty day like today. But you're right. 1993 opens. This is this is I would say the the changing year for the WWF. It it's really 1993 sows it sows into place why 1995 is gonna suck so bad. Being that they start going with Bret Hart and it starts working. Not as much as Hulk Hogan, obviously, but it starts working. Yokozuna also starts working. Yokozuna's really over. I remember being in playgrounds and everyone basically wa- just pretended they were Yokozuna. Um, and I remember, and then they brought Lex Luger in and no one fucking liked him. One of the formative moments of my childhood is a bully was beating the shit out of me. And so I got him on the ground and then jumped off a bench and sat on his jacket and it broke his retainer. And because his entire family, they're pieces of shit. His dad threatened to sue my mom over a broken retainer. And my mom pointed out, why wasn't the retainer in your kid's mouth? And, uh, nothing happened. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, of course, because no one's going to sue a kid. By the way, I think that guy's dead now. I'm fine with it. Um, yeah. The judge has found this case fucking dumb. No fucking... I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking, was that dad from England? Of course he was. Only English people would be like, well, I'll sue you. That's a word I've heard. I can just do it. Then it turned out he couldn't. It was great. Oh, suing people is... 
the way of Vince McMahon. Oh, he'll be yeah, suing the yeah, shit yeah, out yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you'll, Anybody that fucking fucks with his shit, he'll sue So him. basically what happens in 1993 is twofold. One, WWF is trying to transition to what's quote-unquote the next generation. What is also happening is he is cutting off all of his stars. Essentially, stars of a certain age, you're gone, which is a really stupid move because Vince McMahon, instead of using them to make the next generation, is just like, you're gone. We start over again. Bye-bye, Bobby Heenan. Hello, Angry Macho Man Randy Savage, who prefers to be wrestling. <laughs> this is not a, like, but we got to talk about this. We got to fucking talk about this, baby, because the here here is some of the overhaul that we have in the WWF. Here's the, some of the overhaul. Sean Mooney steps down. Todd Pettengill steps up. And you know what? Sean Mooney was so relaxed and so calm. And Todd Pettengill is so fucking annoying. Oh, yeah. It's really like... This this is what Vince McMahon thinks the 90s are going to be, and the 90s are totally going to be an ugly man like Paul Heyman yelling, but he thinks it's going to be a weird-looking man like Todd Pettengill yelling. Well, yeah, it's basically Todd Pettengill and Paul Heyman are the same guy. They're both overly energetic New Yorkers. The difference is, is that Paul Heyman's that fake reel where it's like, hey, were you listening to your corn CD and then being angry at your dad? Well, like Todd Pengale is just like, ha, I was just hanging out with this guy, Jim Cornette, and let me tell you, <laughs> I saw some things. All right, yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, Todd Pettengill, I think it really boils down to the fact that wrestling fans are mostly like uh, like roly-poly losers of many different types Dylan, of, of people. of course, is looking at himself. Roly -poly. I'm, a, I'm a hot man. I do, ab, I do ab work. No, I'm looking at a picture of John no, here and spitting No, I do, I do fucking it. ab workouts. I just did one right now. I'm doing, I'm doing fucking abs and shoulders right now while we're on the podcast. They'll have never have six-pack pussies like John, whereas I have fucking eight-packs. Yeah. Eight anyway. packs of fucking butter. <laughs> you eat butter. <laughs> I wish I ate butter. I'd be one of those guys who eat butter. Oh, it's part of my diet. <laughs> I'm keto, so I can eat all this I can't butter. Wait for when Dylan eventually gets divorced, because that tailspin is going to be amazing. Uh, why? Why is that McDonald's just shut down? And why is that other man smiling? I ate all of it. <laughs> and then Dylan shits his pants violently for forty-five minutes. <laughs> it's like cake on oh, my yeah. legs it's like cake on my legs he'll yell so Mooney out Pettengill in Raw starts uh, Raw event at the beginning of course is great uh, it opens with a 2.5 rating here are some of the people that they sign the WWF does the Steiner Woo! brothers they were fucking sick they would have been amazing in the Attitude Era Big Papa Pump would have I think would have been an upper upper card guy, even though his gimmick was kind of <laughs> superstar Billy Graham plus body. Yeah, shaving. plus new metal. He, he was new metal superstar Billy Graham. He really was. You got that? We back. Fuck you. <laughs> I just want to let you all know that I have a threesome always with one of your moms. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Crush gets repackaged from his demolition gimmick as Kona Crush. Sidebar, by the way, as he's being repackaged, he's arrested for steroids and having a gun in Hawaii. Ooh. Hello, babyface. Yeah, and the thing about him with steroids is he was not, he was like clearly did steroids, but just like <laughs> skipped abs. You could tell like I was skipping He has abs. the biggest gut in 1993. Like it's the only time I remember he's got this tight signet, siglet, and then just this Got like it's just like you do steroids, but don't go to the gym, don't you, Kona? That's right. 
Why would I go to the gym? You don't let you smoke in there. They <laughs> I get a home gym. By that I mean a solarium I smoke yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I smoke and then I watch my wife sweat to the oldies and I just get angry. So that's a workout for me, I'll tell you. <laughs> Tatanka, who is a actual indigenous person, was paired with Chief Day Sprongrow, who was pretty much unbeaten for the entirety of 1993. And if you go on his Twitter, <laughs> he is... Right wing. Tatanka? Tatanka is the most right wing follow on Twitter ever. <laughs> Man, saying that for a wrestler means that like he is more right wing than anything Fox News could imagine. Oh, oh yeah. It no, it's all his Twitter timeline is literally just um oh it's uh here's one of his tweets. This is one of the this is one of the tamer ones. Here's a sampling of Antifa mugshots from Portland. These violent America haters are considered heroes among Democrats. Do you agree? And then someone wrote future US Congress and they all are just like I don't know, people with tattoos and green. Just hair. a quick sidebar. Fucking Antifa isn't a fucking thing. It was invented by the alt right to create a negative word for people that were protesting their racist bullshit. I understand that people have adopted it that are looting and are doing other bad things. It's not a fucking thing. To say you're anti-fascist is like saying you're pro-air. Everyone who would be in a democratic society is fucking anti-fascist. In the same way that Vince McMahon is anti-tax. It's like that's like it's one of those things where he doesn't need a name. You can just see it from his behavior in that like he named a guy IRS and also his only number saved in his phone is one IRS auditor he met on a train and he calls him every night at four in the morning and just makes him listen to him shit. So stop saying Antifa and just say protesters because that's what they actually are. They're protesting against your bullshit. And I'll tell you what else is bullshit. The fact that to talk. talk you know what was before the Antifa though? Quickly was uh, the Black Bloc. Remember the Black Bloc when everyone was talking about all the G20 oh, protests? Yeah, yeah. They always talked about the Black Bloc. Ooh, and it was like they just talked about it so much that people just started. Basically, Black Bloc was just people who dressed in all black. And, and when it came to the G8 in Toronto, a lot of them just turned out to be cops in hoodies. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what they do. They uh, plain clothes clop, cops, plain clothes clops. I'll stop there. Anyway, um, Doink the Clown debuts in 1992. Yes. He is Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne is great. Matt Bourne loves cocaine. Matt Bourne loves a lot of fucking downers. He loves a lot of uppers. He likes to put a salad of drugs in his system and see what fucking happens to his heart. I baby. want greenies. I want whiteies. I want blueies. I want screamers. My name is Matt Bourne. I'm going to take all of these and then quietly sit in my hotel room. Uh, this is, by the way, the best gimmick of the 90s. Full stop. Matt Bourne Doink is fucking really? amazing. It fucking it should have done so much more. Evil Doink is good. Evil Doink is. So, I I even like I like fun like I like fun babyface Doink as well. When he's got dink really dink stinking pink, it's great, baby. Um, do you know how they came up with Doink? Matt Bourne got super drunk and just showed up dressed like a clown and went, "This is me now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt Bourne. Uh, they he had a party for his kid, and then the clown didn't stay long enough for him. Like it was an hour, but he wanted the the clown to do like five minutes of grace leaving. Like oh, just say goodbye. But the clown just kind of left in a hurry, and he beat the shit out of the clown. And then he was like, "What if I was a clown?" And then the clown went, "What?" And he was a no talking for yeah. you. No, here's actually this has happened. Bruce Pritchard pitched this to Vince, and Vince didn't really like it. But then Mean Gene came in, and he was like, "Look at." Have you heard the news about my friend John? Anyway, we should have a character 
much like my friend John. Not- and he was like, John who? And he's like, oh, Wayne. And then he was like, John Wayne, huh? And he went, sorry, I'm not finished yet. Gacy. <laughs> I like that because I thought, I'm like, is he going to make fun of me? Oh, no. A beautiful twist. <laughs> Yokozuna, uh, which in the grand tradition is get a Samoan guy, say he's not Samoan, is brought in and he is a fucking hit immediately. Get fa- This is a great thing with the steroid era where they stop doing juiced up people and they just start doing this guy's fat. He sits on him. That's terrifying. He's the 90s version of Earthquake. Earthquake was the 80s version that he's pretty lean and can move. Yokozuna, you just every movie does, you're like, I can't believe someone of that size can do that. Also, never forget, yeah. big smoker, only drank Diet Cokes, didn't like water. How the fuck could he move that way? Oh, and, uh, and what is it, like turkey legs? No, turkey ass. It was pure fat that he would dip in mayonnaise. What a fucking legend, man. Which sounds great. <laughs> I'm not going to say that's disgusting because I've eaten gristle before and I've eaten mayonnaise before. And good God, if you combine those, you would also just die in four years out of just eating. I got news for you. What's amazing about Bret Hart's autobiography is the only person he mentions expressing rage, which really shows uh, Bret Hart's relationship with emotions, is Yokozuna. He just talks about how Yokozuna couldn't find a Diet Coke in an arena. He's like, I've never seen someone so angry in my life. And then I assume when he wrote that, he just stared at a window. Just knowing that he had seen someone more angry, and that man was his father, mother, and all of his siblings, but he couldn't express it. I guarantee that Stu Hart, the dungeon, was not originally for people to learn wrestling. It was just Stu to take his day out because Helen wouldn't let him do something in the house. Yeah, you let me fix the dick. I'm going to get this guy over here and stretch Helen him. Tried, uh, Helen folded my laundry and he did it and I like. <laughs> uh, Bam Bam Bigelow returns to the WWF in October 1992 and features prominently for the next few years. Bam Bam Bigelow, great addition. Of course, his uh, run is cut short by the click. Oh, we'll talk about those losers in a little while. And of course, rampant drug addiction. I know what you're thinking. Bam Bam did drugs? Yep. If you have tattoos on your head, you smoke crack. Uh, Lex Luger post motorcycle crash is given the gimmick of the narcissist, which is basically just Shawn Michaels' gimmick. Only he's not a boy toy; he's just muscly, and his women, oh yeah, the women that are into him are in their forties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they want to get dicked and have someone take care of yeah. the kids. The narcissist, you gotta, you gotta dick me in the, you gotta cock me in the afternoon because my kids will be at school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a one p.m. <laughs> now you better know how to make a fucking roast. Yeah, you better know how to fucking make me a fucking Monte Cristo sandwich, Lex. I don't give a fuck if you don't eat carbs. Yeah, soak my feet. Lick my ass. <laughs> Lex Luger. I mean, and it's another banner episode for the old No Context Wrestler Review Twitter account. I got to tell you, that guy's going to have a great day. <laughs> so Lex Luger, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble. One of the best things in the world were Bobby Heenan was clearly told, build this guy up. And then Bobby Heenan was like, what do you want me to say? He's like, oh, just talk about his body. And then Bobby Heenan was like, oh, I'll, I'll make some all-time comments about his body. <laughs> Sean Waltman is brought in, the one, two, three kid. He was a jobber, then he pinned Razor Ramon, one of the landmark moments of my childhood. This is really when I got Me into too. wrestling when I was eight. This is also when I also really got into wrestling. Razor Ramon debuting uh, midway through 1992, going in to becoming pushed basically in 1993 because he kept replacing other people that left the company because of drug problems or other yes. things. Uh, Scott was orig- Scott Hall was originally supposed to be a soldier because Vincent Van heard that his dad was a soldier and he didn't want to do that because he knew it wouldn't sell. 
John Gonzalez comes in, probably the worst big man ever in the history of wrestling, minus the great Kali or Dylan Gott. And um, he is given the gimmick of being a man. How dare yeah, you? I fucking dare. How dare I besmirch the name of the great Kali? You're right. We should we should mention this though. This is this is a classic story, but it does bear mentioning if for some reason you're not very much into wrestling and listening to this. And in, in I don't know how you found this, but you were in a weird part of the internet when you found this fucking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you were almost scrolling through deep into comments on like people fall off segways videos. Someone was like, do you like the wrestler review? Anyway, Razor Ramon, the reason he wasn't a soldier, he walked in the office, did an impression of a uh, bad impression of Scarface. And on the behest of Kurt Henning, Vince McMahon didn't know what Scarface was, thought he made up Scarface, was like, that's brilliant. And he went, yeah. And then uh, he was Razor Ramon. The closest thing to Latin representation on this show for years was... A white guy doing a, a bad yeah. impression of Scarface. Who's your Latin representative? A white man who murdered a guy in front of a strip club. Um, we have this Asian wrestler. He's Samoan. And we have this uh, Latin wrestler. He's white. Yeah. And we have this other wrestler. He's a truck. Um, <laughs> uh, white? What do you mean? He might be Greek. I don't know. Anyway, he doesn't completely burn in the sun. So he's Latin. He owns a convertible car uh <laughs> so he's probably mediterranean in some yeah, way yeah of course he's not like he's not normal like us and that's Superman, by the way t- speaking into the mirror <laughs> brian clark comes in adam bomb great look terrible gimmick. i disagree this gimmick was so fucking 90s i love it he's been he's radioactive so he's gonna beat jobbers on saturday night and nothing else yeah, and I don't think that anyone had used a power bomb as a finisher in the WWF yet. So when I saw that move, I was like, what level of hell is this man yeah, from? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> His gimmick was that he was a nuclear explosion. Yeah. I don't know what it was. But it was really like, this is, people talk about how bad indie gimmicks are. Good fucking god that Adam was Adam Bomb. Like Speaking indie of gimmick. indie gimmicks, let's talk about actual neo-Nazi. Tony Halme, also known as Ludwig Borga, he had. Oh yeah, he was a Nazi. They may he wore long boots, so you couldn't see the Nazi tattoos on his calves. He, if you want to watch him, him get beat up, uh, Randy Couture beat him up in one of the early UFCs. If you want to see it's that, really good. Also, who did they have Ludwig Borga beat? Tatanka. Tatanka gave Ludwig. Uh, Tatanka's first loss was to an actual Nazi. Ludwig Borga then J.O.'d in the ring. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Tatanka also then took on his most of his viewpoints as a result of yeah, that loss. Like, I think this guy's got a point. He's a winner. Uh, hey, wait a minute. Maybe I am always wrong. Uh, oh. <laughs> hey, he's got a point while he's speaking German. Uh, Men on a Mission debut, uh, debuted. Um, they would form the uh, new tag team division along with the Head Shrinkers, who debuted in 1992, and the Quebecers. Dylan right now is getting a phone call from the 90s, or someone's ringing his doorbell. Oh, God. My wife has a ringer because she's a fucking seven-year-old woman. <laughs> Let me turn it off. Uh, it's 1992. The, the tag team division is basically the Steiner Brothers, the Head Shrinkers, the Quebecers, and Men on a Mission. Men on a Mission was your classics. It's sort of the last WWF tag team that never really won a match, but you liked them because it's like they sing on the way to the ring and they're fun. That's basically what Men on the Mission were. On a Mission. Men on the Mission sounds 
quite ominous. Um, Kevin Nash uh, joins uh, from WCW, claiming that he was going back to being a uh, bouncer at a strip club to Dusty Rhodes to get his release, and shows up as Shawn Michaels' bodyguard in the second half of the three. And let's all never forget the creative fucking genius move of 1993, Bastion fucking Booger. Oh, yeah. That was, as according to Bruce... His name was all those. Hey, what would his name have been in the Attitude Era? Like cunt. Yeah, fart. his name would have been. <laughs> this guy's a pussy yeah. fart. Pussy fart McGillicuddy. Fuck you. I mean, by the way. Uh oh, Terry Reynolds just had too much fucking sex with Sean Stasiak. Looks like she's gonna be accompanied by pussy fart to the ring. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Again. Fucking pussy fart in there. He wants to suck. On my thumbs. Uh, Bastion Booger, by the way, was... <laughs> no, they would have called him a feminist. What am I thinking? Oh, yeah. He would have been a very reasonable young man. Um, the thing to remember with Bastion Booger, this was all Vince McMahon's idea, and it was his attempt to create the most disgusting wrestler ever. Um, Jim Cornette, noted, uh, noted sexual aggressor, uh, called Bastion Booger one of the most embarrassing things ever to happen to wrestling. That was, of course, it uh, came to light that Vince, uh, that Jim Cornette used to coerce young indie wrestlers trying to get a dream to have sex with his wife, or they would slash their tires and call the State Athletic Commission on them. God damn it, I hate you, Jim Cornette. I hope you die. He betrayed young John, but this is a huge year, because we should mention Razor Ramon was, of course, signed in 1992, but you do get Diesel in 1993. Think of Think of how quickly they redo the roster here. Think of how quickly this is. Steiner Brothers are only in until basically till the end of 1993. But here's how they redo the roster. They have Yokozuna, Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, they ha- they sign a future champion in Kevin Nash. Yeah, they do. These are huge, huge moves. And these people will be... Uh, oh, sorry, Sean Waltman as well. Sean Waltman, Razor Ramon, Kevin Nash, and Sean Michaels form the Click this year, and this is gonna—they are gonna run wrestling essentially for until now. Like until now, they run professional wrestling. No one thinks 1993 is a huge year, but it is. Of course, Raw does debut, um, debuts quickly. Randy Savage, Vince McMahon, and what the fuck is this third guy's name? But anyway, he just did a bunch of Raw. Oh, Rob Bartlett. He would oh, just yeah. go like. <laughs> Ha! Alundra Blaze, she could sit on my cock anytime. And they'd be like, that's interesting. Now Tyco Toys is going to... Rob Bartlett uh, Rob Bartlett is, of course, uh, pr- uh, producer for the Don Imus program. Don Imus program was one of Dylan's favorite shows. But really? Yeah, especially when he said that thing about the Rutgers basketball team, Dylan was quite in favor. Um, Rob Bartlett uh, wrote that, and John has it tattooed no, on No, it's not on my back. Um, Rob Bartlett was just a one in the long line of uh, people were of weird comedians where they go, you know what? People uh, think I'm creepy. I better be on in the morning. Yeah, Rob Bartlett was I don't it was your classic radio shot jock of the 90s. Like Don Imus, by the way, was an aging cowboy who looked like a mummy. Who literally just this is his voice. Hello, baby. Uh, and was essentially the more conservative version of Howard Stern, but clearly had lost his mind from cocaine abuse in the 80s. And so he was just surrounded by these sycophantic, like, yes, men. Rob Bartlett, classic radio guy, small glasses on a big face, and basically going back to Dylan's original impression, just like, ah, yeah, you know, I'd like to see where she pees from. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yo, 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 yo. <laughs> YOLO, yo, yo, YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. January 15th, Ric Flair is going to get the fuck out of the WWF because, God damn it, he's fucking 40 who gives a shit years old because, fuck it, it's, this WWF is for young people and sexual predators, and you're not young anymore. Yeah. So that's why we keep you around because you're a sexual predator. Yeah, Rick. Get the heck out. Ric Flair loses to Kurt Henning in a loser leaves the uh, town match. And uh, Rick head back. The town being the WWF. The WWF it is, is its own town. I was born in the WWF That's Canada. what Vince McMahon <laughs> says to people. Carl DeMarco delivered oh, me. gross. Ric Flair then heads back to WCW where Ole Anderson says, I won't put you on television or push you because um, you lost on their television. How could I ever use you and rick flair never spoke to ole anderson again that's crazy man there's a lot of people who don't speak to ole anderson yeah, ever anyone again. with ears let me tell you who does speak to ole anderson <laughs> jim Cornette. ladies and gentlemen <laughs> yeah goddamn right he does i wonder if jim Cornette's in some sort of like super villains of wrestling thing where everyone has a secret where it's like Murdoch, the racism, or that's just the tip of the iceberg. You don't need to be racist. You can hate everyone and turn them into your puppet. You fucking can't. We should say this about the Royal Rumble, which is it is a true, true new wave of professional wrestling for the WWF. I want to talk about this specifically. Bret Hart, who I am... And he is a wrestler, but I am, I'm going to say 50% sure he is not a sexual predator. Um, I'm, going, I'm going 30% sure. I'm going to just say. Okay, 30. I think 30 is way more Yeah, because you, you have to eliminate at least 20% for Calgary. 20%, you, you that's. <laughs> 20% is Calgary. 50% is okay. There you go. All right. So the Royal Rumble takes place, and Bret Hart has an amazing match with Razor Ramon. It stands up to this day. Lots of near falls, and the near falls that are evergreen in professional wrestling, which is a lot of small packages. Um, Bret Hart also was the first wrestler that I've looked at where his finishing move really not... His finishing move is the submission that could come from anywhere. Like, the DDT could always just come at any point in the match, but there were a lot of interesting ways, especially a movie as a move as clunky as the sharpshooter that he could get into the sharpshooter. He does a great one in this razor Ramon match. I would absolutely, everyone should watch this. It's on daily motion, uh, razor Ramon versus Brett, the Hitman Hart at Royal rumble, 1993. Uh, and it's a real changing of the guard match. He's, um, Ric Flair being for as much as a piece of shit as he is, a very giving professional wrestler, um, comes back in the Royal Rumble 1993, uh, even though it ends with one of the dumbest endings. I'd say the dumbest ending in Royal Rumble history. Uh, you meant Macho Man Randy Savage, not Ric Flair, coming into the Royal Rumble in 1993. Is that what you meant? No, Flair wants to stay around to be in the Rumble. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's a great point. I skimmed that in the research. I was too busy just thinking about the fact that there was a revelation that Ultimate Warrior was originally supposed to be Brett's opponent at this Royal Rumble and beat him for the title and go on to face Yokozuna. And all I could think about was that, of how bad that match would have been. Yokozuna versus the Ultimate Warrior. Holy Lord. Because Ultimate Warrior for sure would have tried to gorilla press him and then just broken his spine. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Ric Flair was first in the Royal Rumble and he still lasted like 20 yes, minutes. And then, of course, the, this Royal Rumble is phenomenal and really fun. The ending is terrible where Macho Man Randy Savage goes to pin Yokozuna and then Yokozuna throws him over the ropes. 
clearly what it was supposed to be was Macho Man lands the elbow and then uh, throws him over the ropes, but they couldn't. He couldn't get the. He didn't land the positioning correctly, and so they fu- they had to do that instead. Yeah, this is a real transition year because you always have had a slow build to every wrestler essentially in the eighties. Um, they slowly get a year of being around beating people before you really push them against other talent. And like Bob Backlund lasts an hour in the Royal Rumble immediately, if you remember that, just to outlast, not win the Royal Rumble, of course, but outlast, um, outlast everybody. And Yoko, they put over huge. He's like the unbeatable force. He has seven eliminations and wins the Rumble coming in at 27. Yeah, he also, by the way, this is um, the first Royal Rumble that officially means if you win, you get a shot at the WWF title at WrestleMania. And what we're talking about is, I don't know if we mentioned this previously, but Randy Savage tries to pin Yokozuna for some reason, even though he's been in the Royal Rumble five times, and then Yokozuna presses him off of him and Savage falls out of there. Yeah, it's real fucking sad. (laughs) It's really, really, really dumb. This also has one of the best matches of all time, Big Boss Man versus Bam Bam Go ahead. Talk more about this for the next two hours. Go ahead, Dylan. I'm going to fully leave. John, take a nap, because me and the listeners have some things to talk about here. This is a fantastic match. You guys should definitely watch it. The Big Boss Man versus Bam Bam Bigelow, because the Big Boss Man, not unlike Dusty Rhodes, not unlike Scott Hall, is a big man who, if he's in there with a small guy, can wrestle a big man match. But unlike a guy like Diesel, unlike a lot of a lot of people who are actually a lot smaller than the Big Boss Man can wrestle a smaller style against a, a against a opponent his size or bigger. Like, he's trained to do that, essentially. More like the big loss man. <laughs> John hasn't watched this match because I personally will not let him. He has not been a good enough guy. He has to have a couple more achievements in life before. So, basically, the password for this match is not uh, a password that is thought of by a user it is a password from uh several harvard professors that they give you when you do enough charity work then how'd you get it <laughs> no 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 don't don't walk over my fun joke because i because you said all that and then i went well then how did you get it because i do a lot of charity work and i said one day one day can i watch the big boss men versus bam bam bigelow and they said how many orphans have you helped and i said 60 and they're like a hundred more Makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. Um, they set up, of course, Giant Gonzalez versus the Thunder. Yeah, the Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez in the uh, one of these guys doesn't have legs anymore because his body is crumbling versus uh, this sad man who wishes he had just been a mover in Texas match at WrestleMania 9. Carlos Colon also appears at the Royal Rumble because Vince McMahon doesn't give a fuck about Bruiser Brody and just. No, he doesn't. He never worked for me. Fuck him. He had long hair. He looked like he smelled. Fuck you, Frank Goodish. How dare you be that big, not work for me, and never get a six-pack? Get the fuck out of life, yeah. buddy. Hey, Frank, I paid Carlos to yeah. stab you. <laughs> I'm Vince. I wouldn't... <laughs> Who knows, basically. I would not say Vince McMahon didn't do anything at this point. Um... We should mention this before we wrap up the Royal Rumble. And, uh, baby, we do not like wrapping it up. Is Certainly not. That. We're going unprotected. Bobby Heenan and Lex Luger. Lex Luger standing in front of the mirror. Bobby Heenan saying, look at those fucking pecs. Mm-hmm. 
Look at those thighs. The part when he goes to the thighs is very funny. He's like, oh, yeah. It's Watch this, too. It's great. He just goes, oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. I want to fucking nut all over your thighs. Gorilla, that's <laughs> not milk on my shorts. That's not milk. <laughs> oh, fuck. Gah. 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 It's really weird. It's like the Royal Rumble just stops, and you just hear a man slowly coming. <laughs> oh god it's still coming out of me though it's coming out of me he yells so we're gonna take a brie rack right now and be back with more of 1993's just the wrestling if dirty good times i've been uh i've been sl- i've been putting a cup on my skin mound where my dick is so it actually makes my cock bigger that's the start of this ad Oh, Please go to patreon.com backslash wrestler review <laughs> and donate and donate to us. $5 gets you exclusive access to our Patreon feed and episodes ahead of time. For 25 bucks, you can select a wrestler to review. One guy did Buck Zumoff, who's a pedophile rapist, and we still reviewed him. God damn it. We have no allegiances. Go to Patreon to hear the Buck Zoomoff episode, also known as the time where two friends are pushed to the fucking edge. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review or rate us on iTunes. Subscribe. Throw yourself out a fucking window. Who gets a shit? Mwah. Welcome back to the break. That's a kiss for all of you. Mwah. Ooh, are we lying down on a couch, John? Yeah, we are. We have consent. We're lying down on a couch now. Jam your fucking fingers in our ass, John. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Jam them all. Yeah. I want fucking, I want 10 card stud right in my brown hole. Yeah. Up to the thumbs, dry for me, please. Another staple of WWF comes in, which is Jim Ross basically gets demoted. So then on the WCW radio show, he promotes WrestleMania 9 and says, I'm going to... Air boys, I'm going to WWE. Yeah, well, let me tell you, right? It's going to be a real slobber knocker because I just took a shit in Ted Turner's fucking toilet, didn't <laughs> Oh, yeah, boomer, sumer. I'll tell you what I just did. I just fucking ran over someone's dog with a car. I, I told him ahead of time. I said, you don't put me on play-by-play. I'll run your dog <laughs> over, boomer, sooner. Boomer, sooner, of course. Yeah, all right. I got a I love Brian Bosworth. Um, so uh, <laughs> I'm the one that talk dogs so like peanut butter by looking at off their balls. I think I know one thing or two of a fucking run of the dog. Boomer, over. boomer, boomer, boomer. I miss my wife, Jan, but I'll tell you what I don't miss. Not having sex with porn star Jesse Jane. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, oh. Go ahead. This is, this is perfect. Do you remember the Yokozuna angle? With Bret Hart at WrestleMania? No, just how, basically how they promoted Yokozuna once they made him start beating actual people. He's so fat, no one can knock him down. 1993, I swear to God, they were just basically going, this guy did Pearl Harbor. Oh, doesn't doesn't Hogan say it at WrestleMania, like before his promo, like, and good luck with the... How much are they reaching? Like, oh, and also, this is that not Ludwig Borga is a Nazi, but most of his character is that people in the U.S. eat too much and they litter too much. Yeah. That's his character. And you're supposed to, and he's from Finland. His character is like, this guy's from Finland. He drives an electric car. That's bad. Yeah. They've run out of, they just run out of 
uh, nationalities to demonize. Uh, and I got news for you. Finland loves America. Any place that was persecuted by Russia loves America because they're like, well, they, did, they didn't kill my granddad, so they're cool with me. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they're going to go back to the Spanish at this point and be like, well, let's dig up the Spanish-American War from 1899. Oh, that'd be so funny. It's going to be something there. I mean, I guarantee Vince McMahon is probably right now trying to hire back Alberto Del Rio because he doesn't read the fucking news. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the European tour they have is really successful. This is going, of course, of course, to the fact that Bret Hart is a great draw in Europe. The ratings go up for Raw because Hulk Hogan's back and they're feuding with Money, Inc., which was a great feud. It was not a great feud. Dylan likes it because he loves Bruce the Barber Beefcake. It was so weird and they just all they, they focused so much of it on Brutus the Barber Beefcake's face, which is not really that healed from the many acts, the um, getting hit in the knee, getting hit face by the knee of someone paragliding. And it just like his face looks so swollen to the point he has to wear a metal mask in the ring to protect his face. <laughs> so this is uh, this gives way to WrestleMania, of course, in April, which takes place at Caesars Palace. Actually, has a buy rate of four hundred and thirty thousand, up from three hundred ninety thousand the previous year. Insane that it's up. Best match on the card, by the way, Bob Backlund versus uh, Razor Ramon. Oh, because it ended in four minutes. Certainly right. I thought the best actual match on the well, oh, there's a fucking crazy Steiner Brothers versus the Head Shrinkers match. Saying the Head Shrinkers is not good. No, not good. anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, head Shrinkers, Steiner Brothers, and Scott Steiner almost murders one of the Head Shrinkers with a fr- Frankensteiner that's just him dri- like driving the man onto his skull, trying to just look, fuck you, fucking get on a diet, fatas. Yeah. Maybe you fucking didn't eat so much rice and just did pull-ups and steroids like me who wants cocaine, all right! <laughs> We're gonna talk about most of the matches bullshit. All the all the shit is whatever because we're gonna talk about the end, which is Bret Hart loses to Yokozuna, then fucking Hulk Hogan comes in, some fucking accidental salt in the eyes, the big leg, Yoko loses, Hulk Hogan is the champion. I remember being not angry about this as a kid, because I am eight years old and I do like Hulk Hogan, and I think, oh, at least Hulk Hogan saved Bret, but also that I didn't know that could happen. Like how I thought matches had to be scheduled. I had the same exact thought when I was a kid. And to this day, I was like, they really fucked up with that because it, it, I was like, I thought you had to be a contender. Like you had to do something to earn a title. And they basically were like, unless you're Hulk Hogan, then you do what you want, including other people's wives. Yeah. I mean, obviously we don't know why this happened because Hulk Hogan's a big piece of shit <laughs> and wants to protect his spot yeah. at all costs. But I mean, the, a version of this could happen where it's like he just you so you have WrestleMania end on a high note if you want Yoko to win you just have him beat Bret Hart and then you know he still tries to throw salt in the eyes of Hogan when Hogan tries to save Bret Hart Hogan drops a leg gets a visual pinfall by the next pay-per-view because Hulk Hogan's gonna face Yoko yeah rumor is by the way that Vince McMahon actually came out to cheer Hogan on after the pay-per-view went off the air yeah, he came. So after he came out the IR, he just came out and like hugged him and embraced him because in his mind he's like, it's fucking the '80s again. I'm out of the fucking yeah wilderness. And this is also decreased Hulk Hogan. Like this man is off of the roids and he is sleek. He is peaked. Yeah, exactly. This is peak sleek Hulk Hogan. Uh, Hulk Hogan, of course, is 
months away from leaving the Fed. We now transition to King of the Ring. Raw is ticking along very fine. Um, Vince McMahon uh, says to Bret Hart, you get to win King of the Ring as some sort of make good where he would then feud with Jerry Lawler, who at this point has become the heel commentator, yeah. replacing Bobby um, Behenan, who is fucking out of there. This is the thing where Bret Hart, it's one thing to like, most of the match he's losing to Razor Ramon, who's this fucking huge guy. And Bret Hart is this new type of baby face that they've never really had on WWF television. Certainly not as their champion or no, maybe Randy Savage a bit, but he's a baby face that like actually struggles to win the match and then just, just gets away with yeah, it. He's very much a ter- a territorial champion. Like he's like, it. I put yeah. on an interesting match. Wow. He's, he won again. He was thrilling to watch though like mm. it was like as a kid you're watching this being like brett's dead oh my god how did he win he's always like barely winning the match uh at the top of the card what's what is amazing is that they actually booked brett not this run this is a 94 95 thing. they booked brett really well and brett did draw okay yeah. for the circumstances Yet they never figured out how to book another one of these guys again. In that, like, you just do what you did with Brett for Daniel Bryan, and away you go. I think it is a different case, though, because this has been said certainly around here, but, like, Canada is the world's biggest small town. Certainly is. Yeah, you could do cross-Canada tours all day with a Canadian champion, and Bret Hart will do fine because you can just be like, this guy happens to be from Canada, and then as soon as you go to Canada... You know, he's fucking riding a moose to the ring dressed as a Mountie and just guzzling maple syrup. Especially also in the 90s when Canadians basically weren't discussed in media. Like, you didn't know Canada. They weren't. Like, to the point that it's like people, you have to tell kids in Canada, we don't live in America. It's a different country. Because they're like, I assume this was America. Why why does my Sesame Street take place in a park? Uh, Because life is hell. (laughs) And all the good Canadian basketball players were like just fat t- guy, white guys who happened to be tall. So they were in the NBA. And now if you look at this like 27 years later, we have all these great basketball players. We have a ton of great baseball players. Like Canadians really are m- very good at the major four sports. And Bret Hart literally was the best athlete that wasn't a hockey player from Canada for like a long time. Yeah. And like, like I know that sounds fucked up to say, but there's a poll of like the hundred greatest Canadians, and Bret Hart is pretty high on the poll. Yeah, he w- <laughs> and it was in the year two thousand, and it was like Bret Hart is like people were upset with how high Bret Hart got. Yeah, like bear in mind, like this is the list of like the guy who won it was the guy that gave Canada health care, and there wasn't a. <laughs> And then just under him, the fucking sharpshooter, baby. There wasn't an old, because it was right. They did, again, the 90s and early 2000s was really just a continuing lesson of big companies learning, do not open up voting to write in on the internet. Because basically that's what they did. They were like, we've picked our 20 best Canadians. And then to round out the other um, the other 80, you decide. And Bret Hart got a lot of votes. <laughs> yeah. Tommy Douglas is number one. He was the father of Medicare. And they won't show um, the other top 50 because Bret Hart was too fucking. <laughs> Again, it's I get I don't condone this, but I guarantee people voted for Paul Bernardo. I mean, maybe uh, uh, you cannot leave. Again, Canadians are Canadians are again 
almost worse than Americans in that we have this thing of it's like, we're polite. We're not that big a deal. Now let's all just go outside where there's a dog freezing to death. Like, it's just there's... Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's hard to interrupt, but uh, okay. Bret Hart was 39th. <laughs> Who did he beat out? Laura Secord. Sir Sanford Fleming, the inventor of time zones. Suck my dick, time zones. I put you in the sharpshooter, I, baby. I thought Fleming invented penicillin. He says here, inventor of universal time zones. He very well could have. I'm not that familiar with his works, but I am familiar with you fucking break their back. You go to the second rope. You drop a forearm, and then you look at the crowd, because you know what? I'm about to sharpshoot your ass. Mm -hmm. And you will not tap out if you are any wrestler who had an entrance, because for some reason, he never beat anyone with that move. No, he did. Who? Constantly. No, he beat jobbers with it, but he never beat like an actual... He beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've never seen that match. <laughs> he beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. I just told you he beat Razor Ramon. This was a time when you were, it was totally fine that you gave up. Which is a weird thing that they don't do now where it's like, I say this all the time, but it's like at least guys like Brett, they would talk about how they're de-pushing Brett and all this bullshit, but he would actually beat people with the move. And leads me to my next point, he does win the King of the Ring, but this is the weird phase of Bret Hart where he's, yes, he's getting wins over new heels, quote unquote, but he's not beating people like... Um, Razor Ramon that looks like Razor Ramon anymore. He's beating Jerry Lawler, who's like this old man. And you're not used to seeing old men on WWF television. So you're kind of like, why is Bret Hart struggling to beat this like senior citizen? There's also no context as to who Jerry Lawler is. Like the commentators re That's true. react like, oh my God, it's Jerry Lawler. Don't you know about Jerry Lawler? And it's something that actually WCW did very well is they would go do things like, oh my God, it's and like... WCW legend, this guy. So you'd be like, oh, it's that's why I don't know. He used to be a big wrestler, but like with them, they're just like, it's Jerry Lawler. He's a guy. I don't know. Don't, 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 don't look at any of his photos. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't look at uh, anything in his house. Yeah, yeah, no, Jerry. Don't but go to his place. What they would never do is, and what this is when it comes in. This is what they do now, much better than what they did in then, which is they're not afraid to mention other companies on television. Because they would say, oh, it's Jerry Lawler. Oh, why is he important? No reason. Then why is he so old and just getting here? Oh, you know, it takes people some time. So if he's so shitty, he couldn't be here for so long. Then how how is he a threat to Bret Hart? Shut the fuck up. He just fucking is. Shut up. Because apparently it's illegal to look good now. So I have to have this guy whose body is just tits. Yeah, I'm going to wear it under the giant siglet for no reason. I suck. Um, oh, I lost my fucking place in the notes again. Fuck you, John. No, don't. We should talk about how Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan leaves the Fed. However, you whip him. No, I, I was gonna say that Hulk Hogan leaves in '94. What are you talking? But Hulk Hogan's last match is the King of the Ring in '93. Yeah, but then he's like out of wrestling. Okay, okay. His last match, we all know. Harvey Whippleman dressed up as a Japanese journalist for, uh, covering the match of Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna. The camera shoots a fireball at Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan uh, is pinned by Yokozuna. Yokozuna is the champion again and basically holds the title until WrestleMania 10. It is absolutely insane, ladies and gentlemen. This is Hulk Hogan's last match in the Fed for quite some time. Vince McMahon, in the time between WrestleMania 9 and King of the Ring, had realized 
This is not the same Hogan. Hogan is not focused. Hogan talks about how the IWG P belt means more to him than the WWF world title. And yeah. the steroids trial is, by the way, ramping on up. And I think Vince also realized, I need to get this guy out of the company. He's fucking toxic. He's not spiking anything. I got to let him go. Hogan? No, it, he didn't have enough money, man. He was, like, sinking all his money into fighting the actual government. I mean, you have your reasons, and I have mine. Hogan was getting more money in New Japan. That's why he goes into New Japan and does the IWGP is the real title, which I still remember the cover of Pro Wrestling Illustrated and him talking about how the IWGP title is more important than the WWF title. I still remember that. But he was getting more money in Japan, so he went to Japan... And he did want to win the IWGP title, and Japan has a much more relaxed schedule where they could, he could do a tour, because Japan, although they do strong style, and obviously their type of wrestling is way more difficult and rough on your body, they do tours, so you're not just constantly in weird hotels also, doing blow and dust. Did you know that they, by the way, when I, uh, when New Japan and All Japan were fighting over who gets to control Japan... They used to do the tours. They'd go to the same city every night. They'd be in the same city at the same time. That's so crazy. Like, it's just like, why would you do it that way? Don't do that. This is what I wish that I guess wrestling fans here are a bit more like Japanese wrestling fans and Japanese wrestling fans are a bit more like North American wrestling fans. But I do wish that we were kind of like more like Japanese wrestling fans where you just like you look at those matches in the 90s and you don't see anyone like a T-shirt yelling. You just see a man in a button up shirt. Where it's like, oh, he doesn't have a jacket on. He must be white trash. <laughs> it's just like, I will cheer a bit when appropriate, but otherwise, I do have a drink and I will enjoy Yeah, I'm here for a nice beverage and to watch an athletic contest. No fucking cheering. <laughs> so, the King of the Ring is made a pay-per-view for the first time. Of course, Bret Hart, in a, uh, another bunch of great matches he's injured but he still wins and then jerry lawler attacks him because who is the fucking real king in the wwf i am it's also not only is he old but he's also a former commentator and nothing in your mind has set you up for the fact a commentator is a threat to the former world champion who's half his age little did we know that the biggest threat was mean gene okerland and if he had decided to set his sights on the world title i got news for you hogan would have just received a box that contained nick hogan's skin <laughs> yeah gene oakland did the end of seven but he killed the cops yeah yeah G uh mean gene oakland watched seven and then tried to sue the uh, producers for um stealing his life but he's like um i'll have you know i wasn't caught <laughs> i'll have you know i'm a ghost i manipulated things so they just ended up in that field you fucking idiots why would you get caught freedom is the sweetest of all the rushes <laughs> but this is the other fun thing where it's like Hogan does lose to Yokozuna on this pay-per-view for the WWF title. And it only does 245,000 buys. That's with a Hulk Hogan title match against Yokozuna advertised. Now, Hogan apparently didn't lose to Bret Hart because he thought, Bret isn't big enough to beat me. Um, so I need to lose to Yoko because he's big. He's denied that it was ever proposed to him at certain points. Uh, Brett points to the fact that there was a photo shoot of them doing tug of war over the title. I think that that would have been a much better way to send Hogan out. 
Uh, and they should have done it. They, Vince McMahon should have just forced Hogan into the ring. I think that that would have been... It would have been better for Vince's business. It would have been better for everyone in general. I think it would have also been better for the Lex Luger push because he wouldn't have then tried to turn Lex Luger into this guy. He could have turned Lex Luger into the WrestleMania heel to face Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10. And I'll talk about, like, well, is is Bret Hart able to handle the pressure of WrestleMania last year? He fucking choked and got sat on by a big guy. Is he going to be able to handle this big muscly guy with his beautiful thighs? This is the weird this is the thing. He wins, of course, Yokozuna does wins the title back and then immediately is plunged into a feud with Lex Luger Woo. uh via <laughs> everyone tries to body slam Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid and then fucking Lex Luger comes down. He comes off a helicopter and <laughs> lands on a helicopter and before this you realize Lex Luger is just that asshole who likes his body a lot and he has a loaded forearm that he could knock you out with. And he body slams Yokozuna and it's supposed to be like all of a sudden he's now Mr. America. He's wearing America tights. He's banning people from crossing into the border. He is America. Yeah, he's got a gun. He's shot his wife. <laughs> he's got he's got a gun. He's telling people it's fine that he uses it in the ring because of the, the fucking... <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's in his within his rights. He's going to uh, Black Lives Matter protests and uh, attempting to just have discussions in that weird passive-aggressive way baby boomers seem to be doing. Uh, I think you'll figure, find it's not just black people that matter, and they're like, that's not the point of this movement, you fucking losers. Yeah, he does. He has an All Lives Matter tattoo Cer- on his forehead. Certainly does. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's absolutely wonderful. He goes, and he goes on the Lex Express tour. He hates it. Yes. Uh, and he starts flying while they just drive the bus to various appearances. Vince McMahon immediately sours on this fucking loser that doesn't like all of the opportunities Vince is giving to him. Um, they head to SummerSlam. He decides not to put the belt on Lex Luger, but instead, for some reason, still has Lex Luger celebrate at the end of the match, even though he lost uh, or he won the match, but not the title because Yokozuna fell out of the ring and Yokozuna was too fat to be able to be picked up and yes. put back in the ring. <laughs> Vince McMahon, as we all know, if you're too fat, it's like a turtle. You just can't get up anymore. Yes. Now, here's my question. At SummerSlam, who debuts as um, Yokozuna's American representative? You fucking cunt. You fucked my wife, fucking cunt. Fuck you, that's right. Jim Cornette. It all ties back in. Jim Cornette takes some time from having a hot tub installed in his house and heads to the WWF so he can manage Yokozuna. Cool. Yokozuna has two managers, of course, right now, Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette. Because this is a classic WWF move as well where they are hitting the racial uh, button and the ignorance button way too much with Yokozuna, who's supposed to be a Japanese person, and Mr. Fuji. So what they do is they balance it out with a bit of ordinary white guy heel, yeah. much like Freddie Blassie and the Iron Sheet. Yeah, and uh, Jim Cornette debuts by uh, in the WWF by Bobby Heenan welcoming him in, and there's like a whole thing with the fucking heavenly bodies that we don't have time to get into. Uh, yeah, so basically Jim Cornette agrees to manage Yokozuna because he wants the heavenly bodies into in the into the WWF uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling is having some problems, so why not basically try and take the best guys from your fledgling company and put them into the WWF? It's a lot like what happened with ECW in 2001 when it was about to fold. But we should mention uh, this. I, I'm sorry. I want to make this point: is uh, this is a very important 
style of booking they have in 1993 because even though the steroid trials are happening and there's a lot of buzz of course around all the WWF champions being juice heads this leads to a very important thing in what the WWF does which they still do to this day where not everybody can be on steroids because we don't encourage steroids but one guy can be on steroids and that guy is Lex Luger this time and during the 2000s it was John Cena Oh, that's an interesting way of, of phrasing that. That's brilliant. Yeah, because you remember, after the Benoit thing happens, Randy Orton gets off steroids. So Randy Orton has this really weird, like, like he's adjusted to it now, but he had this really weird, like, skinny body because he was so big, and then he just got skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now you're used to looking at Randy Orton like that, where it's like I th- his thighs actually weirdly maintained a lot of their size, but, like, his arms were just, like, wind socks. Like, he just looked like in-shape Jake the Snake. Um, just like a really skinny guy, which I mean, skinny relatively to other wrestlers versus John Cena, who just like straight through just did roids because the one guy gets to do them. Okay. All our, everyone we tested, tested negative for steroids. Did you test that guy? Oh, he was busy. Fuck you. Yeah. Again, it's the same thing with triple H that they constantly, and it's the stupidest thing because it just opens them up for such fucking problems because it's clear triple h is on roids like it's just obvious yeah i mean he's on vanity steroids and billy gunn but billy gunn tested positive they kicked him out now he's an aew so they do their due diligence okay like they do it sometimes i think i've talked about this but um one of our personal friends rhiannon her husband graham used to do not that graham not not graham um not graham k not graham k not Graham K, a good man with a family. Yeah, reasonable Graham, we call him around my place. <laughs> but they did this thing in the CrossFit competitions where they would test 80% of the people. They would test 80% of the people. And the people they would test in the CrossFit competitions were essentially people like Graham, who had a job and a family and did CrossFit for fun. So Graham got piss tested on the weekend for his uh, CrossFit event, and he tested negative because he likes donuts. And then the guys who actually competed, just who just did all the EPO and fucking DECA they could fucking handle in their little bodies, mm, didn't get tested. And that's exactly what happens in the WWF. Because you can't, you have to have an outside agency obviously doing the test. You can't just do it yourself. Which, by the way, Vince McMahon would prefer just doing it himself. Where he would just have... 100%. <laughs> You're not on steroids. Yeah, that's he bad. He just have piss in his mouth. Not enough protein. <laughs> I switched it around. Turns out you're a pussy. Get on steroids. Yeah. Mm, I'm Carmella now, he'd whisper to himself in the mirror. <laughs> but I think they realized that the, with the Bret Hart stuff that by proxy, um, doink, like, sorry, they by proxy, Jerry Lawler was a weak opponent for him. So he, they had proxies fight him like Doink the Clown <laughs> loses to Bret Hart by DQ at SummerSlam. Like, Bret Hart's really, really fucking wrestling Doink the fucking Clown. Yeah, and also, ladies and gentlemen, here's something else. We're not going to cover what happens with Jerry Lawler at uh, Survivor Series because we're doing the crimes in the WWF in 19, of 1993. Yes. But let's just say Jerry Lawler's not at Survivor Series for a very Jimmy Savile reason. Jerry Lawler's not at Survivor Series for a reason they don't want to talk about ever. It's just weird because they also don't adjust the teams where it's just Shawn Michaels and his knights for no reason. Yeah, exactly. And they don't say why. No. Jerry Lawler didn't want to do this. (laughs) Jerry Lawler's in a place that's like a jail, but it's not a jail. 
<laughs> We're protecting JL Eller from the key salaries. Does that make sense? No. Welcome, everyone. I just want to let you know what. Uh, 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 shut up. Fuck you. So, obviously, the buy rate is down uh, 180,000. Oh, sorry. We're under. Sur- this, I was talking about Survivor Series. Um, 250,000 people bought SummerSlam, down 30,000 people. Not that big a deal. Yeah. Uh, the Steiners beat the Heavenly Bodies. I really like the Steiners and the So WWF. do I. They're fun, angry boys that wear lovely Michigan jackets and that left because of frustrations over um, uh, the direction that the WWF was going to put them. It's fucking great. Yeah, because WWF does historically and to this day and forever doesn't feature tag teams that well. Yeah. That's it. so stupid. Oh, why, oh, why don't you... Feature tag teams hey, better. Vans, That's John. Vans, Vans. I like it when there's four men. That's my only problem with you. Yeah. I, <laughs> Vince, John. I agree with you politically. I just like if there were four men or women. <laughs> the Undertaker wraps up his feud with Giant Gonzalez. We didn't talk about the Giant Gonzalez WrestleMania match, but he lost to the Undertaker because he used chloroform on him and... The Undertaker beats him in a rest in peace match where he kills Giant Gonzalez with a shovel. He cuts his head off and then he fucks the skull. Yeah, it's really graphic and yet very satisfying. <laughs> he cuts his head off slowly in a way where as a kid I was like, he's not cutting off his head, is it? And my mom was like, look, you have to desensitize. Yeah, that's what's going to happen if you don't eat your fucking vegetables, Dylan. <laughs> Survivor Series, Boston Garden, 180,000 down... 70,000, that's not good, from the previous year. And Eclipse's King of the Ring as the second worst pay-per-view of all time. And at that point, the worst selling pay-per-view of all time. Because who wants to see a pay-per-view without a title without a title change, really? Because uh, it's kind of shit. Yeah, because it's, it's the uh, Foreign Fanatics versus the All-Americans, Undertaker, Steiner Brothers. Or one Steiner Brother, Tatanka, and Lex Luger. Is that how it goes? Yeah, because one of the Steiner Brothers gets hurt. By Ludwig Borga, or Tatanka does. I can't remember. And Undertaker comes in, joins the team against Ludwig Borga. Um, fuck. Oh, I'm trying to do it from memory. I don't want to look at the notes. Yokozuna and the uh, Kona Crush. I, I don't fucking know. Tell me. Yokozuna. No, Yokozuna is in the main event against The Undertaker, and it's a casket match. At Survivor? No, oh, this is fuck. No, no, I'm on the wrong thing. Fuck. Sorry. That was Survivor Series 94. I'm sorry. Yeah, this Survivor Series 93. Survivor Series 94 has Chuck Norris fucking spin kicking the fuck out of you. Yeah, yeah. Survivor Series 94 is absolutely hot. The poster is good because it's Lex Luger flexing and he has a knife and Tatanka and the Steiner brothers and they're going to eat turkey. And the alternate one is the Mounties and Yokozuna has chopsticks in front of a turkey and Ludwig Borga is standing behind it saying, hey, Yoko, I'm a racist. I like that they took a guy who was a Nazi and they were like, but we want him to be a bad guy. He's from Finland. Yeah, he's got to be from a country they've never heard of. Um, if <laughs> The All-Americans are the Steiner Brothers, Undertaker, and Lex Luger. Tatanka, of course, was hurt by Ludwig Borga, beat the Foreign Fanatics, which are Crush, Quebecer Jacques, Ludwig Borga, and Yokozuna. This sets up the idea that um, at Royal Rumble, if Luger were happen to win, he would be a viable uh, person to Kazuna because he'd already beaten him once at the Survivor Series. This is L- uh, v- Borger's last appearance because he uh, found out that uh, it wasn't just tans on the head shrinkers or Yokozuna and left. Yeah, Lud- 
I think they saw his leg tattoo and they're like, that's a lot even for us. And then he left. You can say that stuff, but you don't etch it on your body, damn it. For realio, though, he sucked. He was a bad wrestler, so he left. And he also, much like Hulk Hogan, went to Japan where they paid him. Yeah, Japan likes to look the other way on horrible things. And this is Bobby Heenan's last pay-per-view. As a commentator, he would leave for the WCW and have a great run basically being the best commentator in that company. And if they, yeah. if there was a god, the commentator team for the, uh, for the Attitude Era would have been Jim Ross and Bobby Heenan, and it would have been insane. No, man. You can't have Bobby Heenan in the... Uh, like, yes, you can. I love Bobby Heenan, but it's just a new could've. style of wrestling. You, you needed a new could've. voice. You absolutely could have. You're crazy. You're drunk. Dylan's drunk. I don't think you remember well enough how everyone in WCW in the late 90s was like, get Bobby Heenan off television. This isn't the 90s. I want someone that skateboards. Um, I was not one of those people, and I only listened to myself. Oh, okay. John was wearing full... John, by the way... To relax, uh, only does a French tuck on his shirts because he's a gentleman. <laughs> if you do a full untuck, guess what you are? A prisoner. Um, yeah. I, whereas I wear not only one backwards hat. One backwards hat's what I wear to, like, fucking funerals and weddings. Like, that's one backwards hat. That's formal wear. Uh, if it's just me relaxing, two. And if I'm really cutting loose, seven. Cut loose. Seven backwards Cut hats. Di- different skateboard companies. Dylan better read the news. Cut loose. Cut <laughs> loose. Kick up your Sunday shoes. Don't read the news. John can't really read. So this is so this doesn't have any uh world title match and if I may say the reason why no one fucking cared about the Survivor Series, the reason why I barely remember caring about the Survivor Series is they're introducing new characters so fast here. The Hart family uh, is like, okay, I know who Owen Hart is. I obviously know who Bret Hart is. But why do I care about Bruce Hart and Keith Hart? Like, why isn't it just like Sean? Why isn't it just the Owen and Bret versus like maybe Shawn Michaels and Jerry Lawler? Like, why well, isn't that just the match? It's Survivor Series, so you have to have the Survivor teams. It's also why... I know that, but like, I, when I look at Bruce Hart and Keith Hart, it's like, can't these guys... Like, I... You not... W- once again, I cannot explain to you guys how not familiar i was with seeing anybody who had like a normal body it was always like steroids or almost why not just go get neidhart and davy boy go get two actual wrestlers that are about to start working for your company again bear in mind yeah i don't know the status of the bulldog he might still be in wcw fucking on a vote on a boat to fear island or whatever yeah, but to get blown up by a with sting playing volleyball having a good delicious. time delicious um obviously the heavenly bodies are on the show they beat the rock and roll express for the smoky mountain tag team championship <laughs> that, that's a big draw there's only fucking uh there's only fucking five matches on this whole card the all-americans of course beat the foreign fanatics which are some guys from quebec yeah i remember One guy thinking from that too where it's like why is quebec quebec's in canada why is why is that bad I'm cheering for an entire team of Canadians, and then now the Canadians are bad? Yeah, because they're French. Welcome to America. We ha- Oh, that's true, actually. We hate the French, even though they're the reason America exists. Yeah, this is a really light card, though. Like, this is... Because the other thing is they... they Razor Ramon now is a baby face, which is kind of weirdly taken out one of your main heels you should have had. Yeah, that's a great point, is... 
Again, this is it shows Vince McMahon. This is again the first tailspin Vince McMahon. We haven't really talked about Vince McMahon's mindset or decision making throughout it. So let's just quickly touch on this. In retrospect, all of the decisions he makes in this year are calamity and affect him moving forward. All of the decisions he makes in this year do not help him moving forward. Do not help anything. All they do is basically just no. cause more problems for him down the line. They. It doesn't improve business. It doesn't improve the look of his company. It doesn't improve him going into the steroid trial. It doesn't do anything but basically just confuse the shit out of anyone but eight-year-olds. And I was eight watching this, and I was still kind of confused. Of course. And this is Vince McMahon really just trying to get back to what he knows. This is the first instance of him trying what worked in the 80s and then it not working and him throwing his hands up. Like, he just can't really... A guy like Vince McMahon can't accept the fact that things have stabilized or dipped a bit and it'll be fine like i almost want to see a guy like this is gonna sound nuts but i want to see a guy who investment wise has the same mentality as like as an investor as like warren buffett where it's like oh it went down a bit well who cares because gradually over the next 20 years it will rise and this is a good investment rather than vince mcmahon who's like buy it sell it short it short long buy sell like he's that guy who needs to see exponential growth or else he gets fucking pissed yeah, well, and well, especially during this time hilariously jerry jarrett would be warren buffett and vince mcmahon would be elon musk in that mark my words elon musk stops being a billionaire in in my lifetime elon musk will be uh completely devalued financially like he the fact that he's going after the i understand the american stock market is bullshit but he's literally just saying things that are crazy he's manipulating the stock he'll end up in jail vince mcmahon is elon musk and then it's like you can't tell me what to do i invented this no you didn't shut up like it's so you know elon musk right now is going to lose 42.5 billion i mean i didn't know he had that much money but yes i'm going to stand by my statement <laughs> i thought he no you heard her fear first elon musk is going to be down 4.42.5 bill if i had 0.5 bill i'd be so fucking lit up. i mean i got news for you if i had a hundred million dollars you would this podcast is over I think you'd still do it, but it would just be you challenging people to fights like you do sometimes. Yeah. And then they'd show up and it would be a guy who looks a lot like you, but has trained for the fight. So they couldn't they couldn't say for real it wasn't you, but it, you would beat them up very badly. And then you would ki then kill that guy because you had made a deal that you would kill him and he his family would be taken of course. care of. <laughs> no denial here. That's what I'm going to do. Nothing unethical about what you just said. But this is really Vince also weirdly probably where he gains a lot of his why he hates the not that he hates, but like the set kind of rhythm of his pay-per-views where he's he is other than SummerSlam and WrestleMania, he's really booked into a corner with what he can do with uh, they added King of the Ring, but Survivor Series and Royal Rumble, you have to have the Royal Rumble. And his roster is really thin at this point, so it's difficult to have a Royal Rumble, but whatever, you can have people in and out and they can lose, it doesn't matter. But for a thing like Survivor Series, you have to have a bunch of Survivor Series matches and your roster's super thin and really people care about Bret Hart, Yokozuna, maybe Razor Ramon, Randy Savage, they bring back for this pay-per-view. Um, but these are the people they care about. Uh, Lex Luger, you're trying with, but he's failing. These are the people they care about. They have four people maximum that they care about. And you have to have, what, three matches that have eight people total? Like, this is a real big ask. Yeah, but it's, again, 
They knew it was on the schedule. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I understand, but it's like, you knew a year out. Go to independent talent. Bring in other people. There's st- you know what I mean? You, there's ways to build it up. The, again, a main problem with Vince oh, McMahon is I totally get in it. a tailspin, he doesn't look to the future and go, okay, how do we correct this in a year? He's just like, we got to fix this tomorrow. And it's like, you can't change people's perspective that quickly. And he's like, I can. And he's like, what? No. No. But I mean, this is when, like, remember in the late 90s, they go back to, or sorry, they abandon the... Teams of five tribes to survive. Yes, the great, I love the Survivor Series original concept, and they completely abandon it for a bunch of matches with the big show. But they, they abandon that because they're like, well, why do we do this? And this is totally why Vince probably did that. It's like, I don't want to be in a situation where it's just because I have, I'm a, I'm adhering to this four by four, five by five format I have to like have Stone Cold Steve Austin team with three other people. Like you've now your lead character is so different than any other lead character you've had in your company before. And like I said, Vince McMahon is clearly struggling with the fact that he's basically beholden to, and the man for him is a territory champion who has long struggle, great matches and can make anyone look like a threat when all he wants is Lex Luger to fucking drop an elbow off the rope. <laughs> they should have made him the uh the what what the everlasting Lex Luger and he should have had an off the rope elbow that is move. What you gonna do? Sister? <laughs> when Legacy Lex elbows you. Welcome to Lexamania. My name is Lex Luger. I want to let you all know that the tenants of Lexamania are drink your milk, listen to R&B music, and be disrespectful to everyone. <laughs> Where's Elizabeth? Also, one of the un-Americans... Sorry. <laughs> one of the un-Americans is The Undertaker. No, one of the Americans is The Undertaker. One of the All-Americans. Yeah. That's what the team they, is called. The oh, they said one of the un-Americans. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, the Undertaker joins after, I believe it's Tatanka is injured by Ludwig Borga. And they do a thing where he comes to the ring with Lex Luger and then opens his jacket to reveal an American flag. It's very exciting. Yeah, which is what I got married in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Undertaker's jacket. I took my hat off and it revealed uh, it revealed a smaller hat that said, I'm not getting married today. And then I took that off, hat off and it was the American flag. And I took that off and it said, uh, live free or die. And then I moved to, and now I live in New Hampshire. More like the American Jack off. <laughs> That's good Thank stuff. Uh, I'll be promoting that pay per view, by the way. The American Jack off winner gets to eat the cracker because I don't think that's a punishment. You're all the winner. John. Hello. What's your favorite thing about Vince McMahon in the year 1993? Can't get a wrestling can't wise. Can't get a goddamn thing right. But he brings in a lot of good talent. So I'm going to go with focus on new talent. That's probably a good thing. I think the best thing about him is, um, I don't know, maybe keeping Brett strong again. The worst things are the way easier, which is him clinging to Hulk Hogan. Like, it's basically like when it's the it's the wrestling version of when you're not dealing well with a breakup. And then that person says, yeah, I has sex with you once. And then you just call them 50 times a day until they take out a restraining order. It's called the old you. Dylan got. Now, the worst thing in uh, 1993 is, I think, the end of Surv- uh, SummerSlam. You covered WrestleMania. The end of SummerSlam and having Lex Luger celebrate a loss is one of the more embarrassing moments in wrestling. Yeah, he does. Okay, he doesn't win the title. No, he doesn't win the title. So, he, yeah, he wins by countout over Yokozuna. I don't think we explained that in depth. Everyone comes out and puts them on their shoulders... And says, oh my god, he beat Yokozuna. But exactly, he doesn't win. 
because that's the other thing. I think he has transitioned by this point. At the beginning of his run, his move is the fo- loaded forearm because he's a heel. But then they transition to have him in- him doing the torture rack, and you're selling this dude as this strong man. He, he can't fucking torture rack Yokozuna. The torture rack's an amazing move, but he can't fucking torture rack Yokozuna. No, certainly can't. No. So he's like, it's the whole thing where when Diesel was bad like that too when you have a strongman champion you really pigeonhole yourself and this is one thing that bill goldberg understood about wrestling that a lot of people just don't is that bill goldberg when they were like all right you're gonna do the jackhammer and he said okay well i have to be able to do it to anybody so he picked so he got reese who was in the power plant at the time and he jackhammered him he's like i guess i can do it to anybody because that is what you got to do you can't like the Undertaker had to adopt the chokeslam, but since he already had that, Diesel had to like beat Mabel with a big boot, if you remember this. We're going to talk about that in 1995. But yeah, we're t- like uh, SummerSlam, he, it is one of the most embarrassing moments in wrestling. Just fucking do it if you're going to do it, I guess, is the point. But this is also Vince McMahon taking a chance and having his longest running heel champion, and he doesn't know how to do that. He doesn't know you just in earnest build up a baby face and then they just lose like if you're gonna have razor ramon who was in 1992 you're designated this guy's a patchwork for your main event heel have him be 1993's patchwork main event baby face razor ramon with the run two three kid loses to yokozuna at SummerSlam. dylan nails it for the first time in the history of the show dylan has a good point but like i said vince mcmahon his mind is elsewhere his treatment of bret hart is bullshit not because Bret Hart was one of my favorite wrestlers as a kid, but probably because Bret Hart was one of my favorite wrestlers as a kid. Every internet nerd has a fucking soft spot for Bret Hart because he taught us that work rate can be nice rate, baby. Um, but yeah, I mean, all around just a bad year. Big turnover. He doesn't know how to build or he doesn't know how to like develop new talent all at once, which is, I mean, a fucking rough thing to be fair. But that's Vince McMahon 1993 from a wrestling perspective. We'll be back next week with some fun talk about legal issues cool i'm not a lawyer in fact i'm at a tank top right now a cool nice tank. i am not a lawyer but i am wearing one of those white wigs <laughs> yeah sorry we're canadian and we spent a lot of time in britain so we are very much beholden to the british system of law so we will be in judicial robes with those white wigs and i will ask the queen if i can of speak. course oh yes next week's the entire show will be featuring only it will be featured using um uh parliamentary legal procedure i would like to address the crown <laughs> i will try and do that i will look up parliamentary legal procedure and i will actually hold you Please. to that the crown needs to speak may i speak no you're not the crown <laughs> yeah we'll have a we'll hire a judge we'll use all the patron money to hire a real judge and then we'll ask them if they could speak and they'll be like can i leave and we'll be like I had to bail out uh, comedian Jai Harris when I lived with him in Toronto because he tripped his ex-girlfriend, the loser, and he uh, owed me rent, so I went and bailed him out, and I had to meet with a justice of the peace, and I'm going to say this right now, nicest human being I've ever met. Not Jai Harris. Jai Harris is, a, as it turned out, a real creep, but the ju- he's a real worm. Justice of the peace, great guy. <laughs> so there you go. Next week. The Crimes of Innocent Man, just in 1993, because, motherfucker, it's going to be quite a bunch of crimes, because mostly we just fucking review crimes, apparently, when you're talking about Vince McMahon. Please join us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash wrestler review. 
uh, Instagram Live. We do that Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Our Instagram is at Wrestler Review. That's our Twitter as well. If you guys want to do that, um, if you guys could please just rate us and subscribe and tell your friends to listen to this show um, because our dirty jokes are annoying some people. So I think we have a 4.0 rating right now. If you guys could just rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to the show, that'd be fantastic. Thanks very much for listening, guys, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Get it up to a 4.69. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, yo. All right, bye.